Folks, I want to welcome you all to On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, and we're broadcasting from the top of the Haven Building in Louisville, Kentucky. This is 106.5 FM Forward Radio, and uh, you can find out a little bit more about our station if you go to forwardradio.org, uh, uh, and you can also uh, click on a button if you go to that website, and uh, we're live streaming now, so you can listen to us anywhere in the city. Anywhere in the state, anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. All right. So, uh, folks, uh, uh, again, this is On the Edge with K.A. Owens, and I'm K.A. Owens, and we're blessed and favored to have Danita Wright here with us. Danita Wright is a well-known community activist in the Louisville area, uh, very much interested in uh, the local community and neighborhood associations and uh, community redevelopment uh, uh, former interim chair of the Kentucky Alliance Against Racism and Political uh, Repression. And um, uh, Danita has been active in the community for um, for um, more than a few years. So welcome, Danita. Welcome to our show. Hello, hello, hello. Glad to be here. So, uh, Danita, it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, early in uh, 2023, uh We've got a new mayor in town. Uh, some new team members. Uh, plans are afoot to uh, uh, redevelop certain areas of our community, uh, uh, particularly the west end uh, of Louisville. You know, uh, folks, uh, you know how Louisville is set up. There's an east end, a west end, a south end, but there's no such thing as a north end, right? So, <laughs> so, uh, so y'all know in Louisville's. For those of y'all listening uh, out in the country, uh, 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 in our beloved rural areas, you know, Louisville's split in half by I-65, and the median income uh, is higher east of I-65 and, and, and lower west. So, and there's a thriving uh, black community in uh, the West End and Newburgh and certain other areas. So, uh, uh, Danita, uh Tell us what's what's afoot now. What are we talking about as far as neighborhood associations, community involvement, redevelopment? Are people in the neighborhoods are able to get involved in these redevelopment plans? Are the plans coming from the neighborhood, or are the plans coming at the neighborhood? What is going on in uh, uh, February of 2023? I think that it's the um, that the people are being bombarded by. Um, outsiders um, as far as trying to learn about uh, redevelopment, learn about things called TIFs, tax increment financing, uh, learn about um, how they're going to uh, hold on to their homes, um, hearing, you know, well, fearing about rumors of uh, them being pushed out of their homes and um, the whole place turning into a kind of a wealthy, wealthier type of, uh, are fit for the uh, more wealthier type of uh, clientele, our owners, homeowners. And we're talking about people who have struggled uh, most of their life to pay that last mortgage and finally declare home ownership and not being able to do so because of uh, now there's a fear that it's uh, gonna be taken away from them. Um, 
because they, you know, they, they wanted to take that last, you know, exhale breath to say, ah, finally reached the top. I can relax now, but they can't. And we, they, there's a word for it, gentrification. It's coming, it's swept across the nation, came from the West Coast. Now it's knocking on the doors of the East Coast. Um, I'm torn between um, the debates of gentrification is wrong to gentrification is right. Gentrification itself, that word and what it stands for, yeah, that's wrong in the way they're, they're putting people out of their homes and um, just turning it into a wealthy neighborhood. But I'm not against redevelopment. Um, it's been years and years, and it's, it's about time for West Louisville to stop becoming a disenfranchised part of town to an, a franchised part of town. Uh, it's, it's about that time, and I'll, I welcome that, however, not at the expense of those, those unfortunate people that, again, have struggled all their life to make that last mortgage payment to own that home, something that they could pass down to their children and their children's children, you know, in a, uh, the generational wealth, they call it. We aren't able to do that. And um, I tell you, redevelopment can be a good thing when done the right way. To me, redevelopment mean, could mean that the people can stay in their homes and that uh, the redevelopment would work all around them and they would live in better streets, better lighted streets, better paved streets, uh, everything that their tax paying dollars should have given them in the first place. However, the, it's the, the blight of gentrification just takes that all away it's and it doesn't and, and, and the irony of it is again that it, it doesn't have to be that way it could be that all of the neighborhoods that's what i was trying i'm trying to do get all the neighborhoods associations together and see if we can uh control we don't want to get again don't want to get rid of it, wanted to want to welcome it in, but we just want to stay in our homes that we have spent our lifetimes paying for. And to be be told to move because, and it's not being told to move, What what's going to happen is there, the property values of the homes are going to rise up. They're already rising up. You have a $38,000 home um, in a certain part of uh, this area, and next door to it, there's a home that was the same price or even lower. That's now two hundred and twenty-five thousand. So you see, it, it the the value of the homes are just going up through the roof. But and everyone's excited about that. But you have to understand that inflation is coming, and homes to try to to uh, purchase. Start all over again at your age to start all over again purchasing another home. That it's the homes are way more than what's being offered to the residents here. 
um, if they got a $38,000 home, they may get double that price. But that amount of, that amount of money is not going to buy you a home anywhere else because the homes have shot up in value. And so you're, you're either going to think that, you know, well, okay, well, I'll bank the, this and I'll go into an apartment, not understanding that even apartment rentals are going to rise up in value. In California now, they've got um, one-bedroom uh, apartments for $6,000 a month. And if you think that's impossible, or that's because uh, California is uh, what, a vacationing spot? No. Louisville, Kentucky is trying to, Metro Louisville is trying to make itself into the bourbon industry of the world. And it, so it's trying to put itself up as a uh, very hot spot to visit with the gambling and the liquor and all of that stuff, uh, the bourbon district and all of that. So it's, it's going to be impossible to, if you don't own your own home, it, we're going to be, end up like the, those four people in California, we're going to be on the streets. The growing list of homelessness will be here in Kentucky, uh, in Louisville. But, but we, have a, we have a way to, to me, we have a way to, to control it. And that, and that is banding together as neighborhood associations, organizations, all of us just coming together under one roof, one roof, and tr to control this, this uh, outsiders, and I'll call them outsiders, developers are, are people that, that they, they don't even live here in this state. They live out of state, they come in, they make proposals, they even, of course, the, the uh, not course, but uh, um, talked with the Metro Council or speak with the Metro Council into even creating ordinances that would allow them to bypass asking any of the um, the, the uh, people in the community whether or not they can come in and can they build this, can they build that. If you make an ordinance for it, then you know it's it's the law, so they can do it. If there's a law and they can that says they can do it, they can bypass the community. Well, we got to stop that. We got to start drawing up our own planning sessions, our own um, uh, coalition groups and and combat that. Because right now the developers, they don't have any kind of competition. They, it's just them. All of the money that's being poured in, and there's millions being poured into West Louisville, finally, thankfully. However, those millions of dollars are not, they're from us but they're not for us. Isn't that something? It's, they're, it's from us, but not for us. It's for the developers. And if you are not a developer and uh, the developers are not interested in paving your streets or giving you lighting, or that's not what they're interested in. They're just interested in money. What can make them more money? Um, I was in a meeting one time, a developer said, yes, I did make a promise to build houses. It, but he, then he said, but I, I found out that I make more money off of building office buildings. So 
I thought that was just, I mean, look at how bold he was at saying, you know, I don't want to build houses because it doesn't make me enough money that I would like to have. Office building, office buildings, that gets me more money. Building apartment complexes gets me more money. And I, I just think that they need competition. If you, if it's like uh, a free-for-all, it's a free-for-all because they have no one to come back at them. Well, to me, why don't we become our own developers? Why don't we all band together under one roof and become developers and develop community-owned developments? Why can't we have community-owned apartment complexes, community-owned grocery stores, community-owned schools, community-owned businesses. We can, we, there's nothing, look at Wisconsin, look at uh, people in other states that, that have co-op communities. When all through the uh, 2020, the COVID era, the the apartment complexes the uh of uh new york because um uh, my uh, friend of mine that lives in new york in a co-op uh, it's a community-owned apartment they said that they were doing fine while other apartment complexes were collapsing around them that co-ops uh outlasted and uh got through the COVID era uh better way better than any other of the regular developer apartment. Because a developer, all he has to do is, if he sees that he's not making money there, he'll just take his money out, sell the apartment complex, go somewhere else where he can make more. You know, we got 50 states. He could just travel around. The the corporations, they could just travel around. They don't have to stay in your state. If they, don't, if they are not making the money that they want to make, they'll just pack up and leave. So just as a note, uh, you know, uh, for some years now, uh, uh, hotels have been springing up all over Louisville, and uh, it's just a, right. it's just a phenomenon because most of the time they're not full except during Derby. Uh, for folks who are listening out, outside our, our region, you know, we have the Kentucky Derby the first Saturday in May, and of course, uh, uh, that's a sort of event where people come in from all, all all over the world, and the hotels are full then. In fact, they're booked up ahead of time for that. But most of the time, uh, they're not full or even even closed. But there are economic and financial incentives to build hotels. So, uh, and uh, yeah. particularly with the public-private partnerships, and public-private partnership is where you know city and other type of public money comes in to help developers build stuff, right? Uh, yeah. So, uh, and so that's what um, talks about the bourbon crowd is bourbon tourism is, is something that they're hyping now. Like that they're like uh, sort of uh, almost boutique distilleries in the downtown area right now. Right. And so that's where you can come in uh, to Louisville, uh, book a hotel, you know, actually walk to a distillery from your hotel, like a boutique distillery or a sort of a almost a. a you know how a company will have maybe a a big distillery way out in the country somewhere, but they have a smaller one here in the city for the bourbon tourism thing. Well, well, at the same time they'll put you on a bus tour to take you out to the big distillery out in the out in the country. So, um, uh, and remember when they used to look at us 
as the bluegrass state. The beautiful grass so green, it's blue, and and they cared about the the country, the country, you know, environment of it all. You know, not gambling and drinking. You know, now we've turned into this gambling and drinking kind of uh, tourist attraction kind of. You know, there's only one Vegas, all right. <laughs> and if you're trying to be another Vegas, it'll never happen. So. It's just going to be horrible. Oh, there is a, uh, just some folks who are listening outside the region. There is a, um, in Indiana, uh, right across the river, there's a whole, uh, because they've legalized some aspects, uh, casino gambling. So there's one right across the river within like 20 minute ride of Louisville. So, uh, uh, and so when I talked about the black community being thriving, I, I didn't mean as far as wealth. I mean, the black community is an intact community with elders middle-aged people with wisdom and young and up-and-coming folks and churches and community organizations. It's the, the aspect where it's not thriving is, is where it's been cut off for a lot of deliberate historical reasons from real economic power. So, uh, 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 so that is the issue, sort of economic and political power. And um, uh, when we talk about the West End, one time, uh, you know, white folks lived in the West End and then uh, 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 desegregation happened. Black folks started moving in. White folks started moving out and so on and so forth. Uh, so the, the population is changing, though. There's a community called Shabley. And, you know, Louisville's sort of uh, unique in the sense that uh, Louisville has had city-county merger, right? And that was a big deal that the, uh, the business community wanted. And so what that means is that, you know, before 2000, you had the city of Louisville and what we call the old city and then the unincorporated county under the county judge and three county commissioners. So you had the uh, city-county merger and the, uh, the county commissioners and the county judge we still have those positions because they're in the Constitution, but they, they don't have any power, right? And so, yeah. the, and so the mayor of Louisville essentially is, is over, uh, you know, uh, Louisville slash Jefferson County, you know, uh, but still the 80 little cities, we have 80-some little cities within Jefferson County, some of whom have their own police and fire and so on and so forth. Their own and that's there to make, to make, to break us up into little cities, you know, they they say the best way to conquer um, somebody is to divide them first. Well, the the, the late Daryl Owens, who was a, a, a county commissioner and a state rep, uh, Af African American attorney and community leader, he said that the the only city to go out or out of business uh, uh, in in merger was Louisville. He felt like uh, uh, so uh, so. Uh, so here we are. It's February 2023, uh, and there is a black community, and, and population change in certain areas, like one city, Shavley, that was known uh, for its whiteness at one time. Uh, right. Now is like 50% black, and and has had a. Uh, I think it's on its second black mayor. Uh, uh, so uh, things are changing, but. Uh, uh, not enough. Uh, uh, so uh, yeah, I just believe that in reinvesting into back into your neighborhood, reinvesting back into your neighborhood, it just it brings back pride. It bonds people together. When people look at a, a grocery store and they all have part ownership in that grocery store, 
that's the bond. You, you, have you seen the way people bond together over the Louisville Cardinals basketball team? You know, they don't care what color they are or, or what status they are. They just their their team is their team, and that's the bond. So when you have investments in developments in businesses that each one of the uh, residents have an investment in because you're able to because it's only a few few hundred um i mean was, was it 60,000 people in uh, west louisville and you, you put in like a dollar or something you know you've got sixty thousand dollars and to build something start start to build or you know put a down payment on but it, Doing it yourself, you'll never be able to do it. You will never be able to do it by yourself. Rich oh, people can do it because they got the money. We have the money together. Oh, but there was a time, there was a, Danita, there was a, a radio station, I'm not going to say its name, that both of us know very well. And I remember back in the 2000s, uh, that, that radio station went up for sale and was sold for $200,000. And I'm not going to say his name. Hold on. And Shelby Lanier, the late Shelby Lanier said, uh, Shelby Lanier was a well-known community activist, uh, black, uh, former president of NAACP, retired black police officer. Uh, filed, he and his attorney, uh, Bill Allison, filed a lot of lawsuits against the old Louisville Police Department to open it up for blacks. So uh, Shelby said uh, when this certain radio, radio station went up for sale and it was sold for $200,000, Shelby said, can't 200 of y'all put up a thousand dollars wow that's what shelby said yeah yeah we have the the economic power together we have the same economic power as a wealthy person together we do we just have to get that mindset that mentality and start our own ownerships start our own businesses and create an environment of cooperative and a cooperative environment. Oh man, the, the the pride that I saw in when I visited Texas, and I saw uh, Wineco was the store, and the people in there. I I miss customer service. I truly miss customer service because they they use it as like really greet you at the door. How are you doing? You know, which these people did. And can I, you know, if you, if there's anything that you need, uh, I'm here to help you. And I'm like, what is wrong with these people? (laughs) Just everywhere I went, it was like a Sam's club. That's how big it was like a Sam's club. And everywhere I went, uh, somebody wanted to help or they didn't get on your nerves or get in your way. Just said, I'm here for you. If you need it, I'm here. To the time I got I got in, to the time I left out at the cash register, did you did you find everything that you need? How was your shopping experience today? I'm like, it was great. And so I was there uh, with my son, and I said, what's wrong with these people? He said, Mom, they own this place. I said, they own what? They, he said, they own the grocery store, this, this warehouse store. They own it. And I, he said, let me show you. Didn't you see when you came in? When we went back out, looked up. Proudly owned, community owned, proudly owned by the community, or proudly community. I was like, oh my goodness, no wonder. No wonder they're so nice. They're proud of, they're proud of work, proud of working there because they own it. Because they own it. 
Oh, it, it was. I tell you, when you have pride in a community, you got a strong community. That's a strong community. You can do anything. Put pride back in the community and watch what happens. And that's what would put pride back in the community, reinvesting back into the community, bonding together and building their own businesses, their own schools, their own grocery stores. That's what puts the pride back in the community. That's what makes us a community stronger. So folks, we're here with uh, Danita Wright, uh, local community activist, active on a variety of issues uh, for the past few years here in the uh, past many years really for here uh here in uh louisville so right now we're talking about uh, uh community development and uh did you want to uh, uh say a, a few words about uh uh, commu- uh neighborhood associations we've got about four about four minutes left yes neighborhood associations are the heart of a community neighborhood associations uh, they can build up a community and they can make it stronger because they've already got that bonding uh, element uh, going for them. Um, we've got 10 neighborhood associations here in West Louisville. And I believe, I truly believe, if we could get them all together under one umbrella, they would make a great impact. They would be a great force to be reckoned with. And I'm not saying we're going to war with the city or anything. We're just trying to make this city better. We're trying to shine. We're trying to let Louisville shine better than any city in the nation. We have I have pride in Louisville, Kentucky. I am a Kentucky girl. I'm a Louisville, Kentucky girl. Uh, I I went to uh, lived in Denver for a while. I did. But I missed home. I miss being home. I'm, I call myself a part country, part city girl. <laughs> so, and Louisville has that for me. They have that country feel and that city feel all wrapped up in one. And the the neighborhood associations, they there are some strong neighborhood associations in a coalition that I built. Uh, it's called the Coalition of West Louisville Neighborhood Associations. And right now we have like six neighborhoods that we're working with um, that we're trying to get all 10 of them. That's our goal to get all 10 neighborhood associations under one umbrella to help this city become the best city in this nation. That's all we want to do. We want to make Louisville, and in my travels um, all through the nation, all outside the uh, nation, uh, not outside of the nation, but all through the nation, um, they there's a running joke about Kentucky. We're backwoods and uh, hillbilly folks, and I, I just feel like we are so much more than that, and we can prove that we are, and we would be on the top of the mountain guiding everybody up after us if we w- would just come together. That's all. This is simple. Come together and see about that, that reinvesting in back into your neighborhood. Come together and see about putting pride back into yourselves. Come together and see about being a strong voice for yourself and your community and the generations after you even. 
just by coming together, bonding together. They want to divide us so much. There's so much division. And that is what can conquer a people when you get divided. But when you bond together, and we all have something to bond together for, we just want to live happy lives. That's all. We're just in that survival mode when we should be in that relaxed and and enjoy being in this life mode. That's the mode we should be in. Not trying to hustle or trying to see if we can what get what we can get, but just treat each other and, and treat our children as a village. You know, like I said, it takes a village to raise a child. You know, when the adults come together, the children automatically come together. It's a domino effect. Uh, so, uh, folks, uh, those inspiring words. Uh... Folks, we want to thank Danita Wright for being here with us on our show today. This is On the Edge with K.A. Owens, and we will be back next week, same time, same place. <laughs>